Today is Thursday, December 21st. The title for our devotional is Fellowship with One Another. Remember, our campaign is called The Life Revealed, and we're going through 1 John 1, 1 through 4. This week, we're focusing in on the second half of verse 3. That says, What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship along with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Yesterday, we talked about the meaning of the word fellowship implying a unity, a belonging to one another, a common purpose, a common uh, interest and mission. Today we're talking about the first of the two spheres of fellowship the gospel brings us into, that is the apostolic community. John writes, so that you may have fellowship along with us. I've been reflecting a good bit on John's use of the plural we in these four verses. Last week, we noted that elsewhere in the book, he uses the singular I to refer to himself in his writing. The two strongest answers for the plural are that John is using this as a linguistic device to refer to himself as a member of the apostolic community and therefore just uh, demonstrate his authoritative witness. I also suggested last week that he may cleverly be linking his readers to the apostolic community as those who have believed in the gospel. The more I think about it, the more I think John is intentionally being vague here. He is certainly linking himself to the apostolic community as a linguistic device to indicate that he is an authoritative witness to the gospel. He may also, however, be referring to the mystical union of the community that believes in the gospel. This fits nicely with the end of verse 4 where he says, Our joy instead of your joy, when he says, We are rating these things so that our joy may be complete. And when you would expect uh, your joy to be complete for the reason why he's writing. We'll talk about this at Christmas Eve. It also fits nicely with his use of the term fellowship, as we talked about yesterday. In fact, this seems to be his purpose for writing the letter as a whole. His desire is for his audience to believe and trust in the truth of the gospel so that they may be brought into fellowship, belonging to one another, shared interest and purpose, unity, love. He intentionally blurs the line then between the apostolic group and those who believe in the gospel taught by the apostles as they are all united together in Christ. This is then similar to Paul's use of the phrase in Christ to refer to Christians' mutual sharing in the body of Christ. Paul's, which is the body of Christ, is Paul's favorite description of the church. When Jesus confronts Paul, who was then Saul, on the road to Damascus, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In Acts 9.4, Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting Christians, followers of Jesus. Jesus so identifies with his followers then that to persecute them is to persecute him. Similarly, Paul says in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. John's point here seems to be similar then. When we believe in the gospel, we are made new. In the mystery of it all, in this new birth, we are united to one another and to the Godhead. We no longer identify solely as ourselves, but with Christ and the body of Christ, that is, the church. In John 17, Jesus prays for the unity of the apostles and also for the unity of those who believe in him. John 17, 20 to 21 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me. Seems to be a common theme for John, that unity, this mystical union of Christ to his people and his people to one another, Maybe what John is referring to here. This is a profound mystery and one that we often take for granted. Committing to a church community is not just a commitment to like-minded people. 
It's not just a commitment to do your best to make it to the Sunday gatherings, to be entertained and encouraged for an hour on Sunday. It's a commitment to fellowship with one another and with the apostolic community of faith in the gospel. The union that we share with one another in the gospel then is much deeper than any other community or group. Unfortunately, many of us have experienced the divisiveness of church on a level far greater than any other communities. Satan loves it when the church is divided because, as Jesus prays in John 17, 21, which we just read, our unity is a crucial part of our witness. Church splits and the loss of fellowship, they hurt so deeply because we are called to such deep intimacy and fellowship. We must remember that this unity is a good longing. In this current era of redemption history, we experience it in part, but not yet in full. We experience the good and the bad. So when we glimpse it, this unity, this love, this fellowship with one another in the apostolic community, we must cherish it as a good that will be fully realized in the new creation. When we are experiencing divisions, we must not lose hope of this great longing that seems so elusive now. When Jesus returns, he will establish this fullness of his fellowship with us and with one another. Today, I invite you to reflect on the mystical union that we as believers share. We share this with the apostles, we share this with God himself, we share this with those who believe in the gospel. But today, I want you to just focus on reflecting on the mystical union that we share with one another as those who believe in the gospel given to us by the apostles. Next, how have you glimpsed the glory of this union with one another in the church? Thank you.